technical difficulties, where would we be without you? Welcome back to the Stadium Journey podcast, and thanks for listening. Stadium Journey is the industry leader in stadium reviews for the sports fan, with full stadium reviews of over 2,600 sporting venues in 61 countries, including Canada. Check out all the reviews on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Also, check us out on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash stadiumjourney, on Twitter at stadiumjourney, and on Instagram, also at stadiumjourney. And if you like what you hear on the podcast or what you see on the website, think about supporting our work on Patreon. Supporter levels start at just $2 per month and come with exclusive members-only rewards. Go to patreon.com slash stadiumjourney for details. To find all the best podcasts on the internet, go to our host website, hiactalkradio.com. There you'll find Obey the Pucks, Wrestling, and MMA podcasts. Or if you don't want to go to the website... Go to your finer podcast aggregator. You can find HIAC there. Or you can go to Twitter and follow us at HIAC Talk Radio. Ever wonder how many stadiums you've been to and how that compares to your friends? Or what your favorite team's record is based on only the games you've attended? The Paw Sox are 1-9 with me in attendance this year. There's now an app for that. Sports Passport. The easy way to track, chronicle, and relive every game you attend. Visit sportspassport.com or find Sports Passport in the Apple App Store today. Sports Passport is the official sponsor of the Stadium Journey podcast. Now it's time to introduce the team. I am Paul Baker. You can follow my Stadium Journeys on Twitter at PuckmanRI. The RI stands for really interesting. With me as always is Dave Cotney. Dave, where can the people follow your journeys online? Uh, the people, uh, good and bad, can follow me at uh, Sports Passport, a view from my seat, Twitter and Instagram at Profan9. Also joining us once again, finally from his home office, is Mark Viquez. Mark, where can our listeners follow your journeys online? Just uh, go on to Twitter, look for me at Ballpark Hunter. And last but certainly not least is our producer coming to us tonight from Chicken, Alaska. It was so good I had to say it twice. It's the above-average comedian, Dan Kalachiko. Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? The thrill is gone, Paul. <laughs> There's lots of thrills in Chicken, Alaska. Oh, Chicken, now. Alaska. It's cold and it's dark. Uh, or light. I don't remember. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83. We got a spring to get you a window or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, Or, a, you know, something that actually isn't cold. I, th- I think it's light in Alaska. I think it's very light in Alaska. We're going to go with light. So um, I'm trying to get over my severe case of deja vu right here. So <laughs> Gee, we're, we're not jump- alluding to the fact that we recorded a whole half of an episode and it's gone, Paul, are we? <laughs> no, not no. at all. No. So, uh, you know, it's been three weeks since we, we were all together. And, man, we have all been traveling aplenty. We've traveled so much, even Dan got into the act this time. So, Dan, we're going to let you go first and tell you tell the listeners where you've been in the past couple of weeks. I've been to one place, and <laughs> it's the Baltimore Arena, or I guess it's called Royal Far- Royal Farm. Nobody calls it that. Uh, it's Royal Farms Arena. It's Baltimore Arena, Baltimore Civic Center. Uh, I want to preface this all by saying what I'm about to say. I need to preface. Uh, I have seen this building thousands of times <coughs> on TV. Uh, 
I was, uh, I grew up watching the National Wrestling Alliance World Championship Wrestling. It was one of the featured buildings. Historical events, historical moments in that company always happen here. I'd, I've seen this building inside and outside from every angle. Walking in, recognized every, I was like, wow, I recognize that wall. I recognize the bathroom. There was a fight in the bathroom once. Long story, guys, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I recognize all of it. And after about two minutes, I wanted to leave. This is the dump. It's not a good arena. Dave, I think uh, I was texting you guys from the show and I just sent uh, a message to all of you and said uh, my uh, my quick uh, review of uh, Baltimore Arena with a poop emoji. And apparently poop that's, emoji. A, that's the best of <laughs> review that place has ever gotten in Stadium Journey, I've been told. So, uh, we've I, got writers who couldn't write a poop emoji as good as that, Dan. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I, I have a talent for poop. Anyway, that's a long story. Another podcast. So apparently, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, oh, I'm not listening to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I preface this also by saying I know why you can't replace this place or even really do renovations. It's the only building in the city. Uh, you can't really, there's nowhere to build another one. So you got what you work with. And I think you guys told me in the early, I think 61, 63 is around the time that went up. 63. There really isn't, it just occurred to me something. Uh, it really isn't thing, anything that's changed. The corridors are the same. They're small. There's nothing flashy about the building on the inside. On the outside, I will say on this show, we've talked numerous times about cookie cutter arenas at least this thing looks unique no other arena looks like this with the glass facade on the outside uh the roof it it looks different than anything that exists today or then um i just occurred to me all these years i watched stuff from that place they had the neon clocks they're gone i finally get there the neon clocks in the uh, corners they're gone no neon clocks all updated damn it now I feel cheated. But anyway, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't really fight to go there again unless there's no choice. And definitely don't go see a concert there. I went to see the Smashing Pumpkins. The PA is left in the 60s. Let's just say that. So it sounds like they haven't upgraded it since I lived in Baltimore in the 80s. No. It, it was a dump back then and it sounds like it's not much better now. No, it, I, I, I don't want to, the staff is fantastic. I had no problem with the staff. Very friendly. Uh, they have to work there too. Um, you know, it was easy to get to. There's, it's, there's really no excuse to, there's parking garages on all sides. Right. It's within walking distance from everybody that could get there. Uh, the drive is a little bit of a pain in the butt because it's 95, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Nothing to do with the arena. So I don't want to say too much. It's just, I wouldn't. They say don't meet your heroes, and this building was a hero of mine. <laughs> and and I at the end of the meeting, I was just like, eh. All right, Baltimore, and you know what? And since they've taken down the block, which was a, a couple of streets away, I mean, yeah, why else would you want to go, right? Not for for those of you who don't know, the block was the old red light district in Baltimore. Ooh. Oh, I, what? I what? Damn it! They took. No, it's not there anymore. Son of a bitch. There might, there might be a, a gentleman's club or two left, but that's that's about it. So Baltimore's cleaning its image, I see. Well, this was, you know, I, I lived in Baltimore from 1984 to 1988, so a little ways away. 
right. All right. So, uh, Mark, we finally get you finally get to do a show from home. You've been yeah, on feels the road good. for the last two or three shows. So, but that doesn't mean you haven't been traveling anywhere. Yes, June 11th was the last time I did a show from uh, Indianapolis. But um, yeah, it is good to be home because it. You know, I love traveling, but it's uh, it's t- time to get back home and take care of the stuff around the house and be with the wife and the doggies. Uh, I was in Austin, Texas, which, uh, to be honest with you, I can just go there for the barbecue, and I don't even have to see a baseball game. La Barbecue, Franklin, Salt Lake, they're all there, and they're all delicious. But uh, Round Rock has a beautiful ballpark. It's called the Dell Diamond. It's home to the Express, AAA affiliate of your Texas Rangers. And it's one of those places that hits the nail on the head in so many areas. Great food. Uh, great atmosphere. There's always at least 8,000 people there. They have double deck seats in left field. Uh, gives you a nice breeze. Uh, Thursday night are drink specials. They have a craft beer depot. They have frozen margaritas and it's just a spacious place to walk around and uh, enjoy the baseball game at. Uh, if you have a Lexus, you get to park for free, which, uh, I don't think I've seen that other ballparks where they give you free parking based on the brand of car. But it does exist there. Headed over to Houston to see the Cousins. And we all met up for some baseball at Constellation Field, which is home of the Sugarland Skeeters. They are an Atlantic League franchise. And the majority of their opponents play on the East Coast, such as York, Lancaster, Somerset, Long Island, and next year, High Point, North Carolina. But this is a nice ballpark, wraparound concourse that is great if you have little kids. Uh, there's a splash zone. There is a pool. There are playgrounds. There's uh, inflatable rides. Uh, my cousin has three kids, and his friend had a couple kids. They just played around all the time and got soaking wet. And then uh, we just sat back, watched baseball, and drank some beers. And the highlight for the adults there is probably the Texas-sized scoreboard. Also, Sugarland is one of the fastest-growing cities in Texas, and I think within 10 years you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot more action in and around the ballpark uh, than you did this year. And then, last but not least, is my hometown ballpark, Victory Field. 13,000 people strong this past Friday, and every part of the ballpark was filled with excitement, frenzy, and just a lot of uh, good times. Uh, new, new this year are the street tacos. Barbecue mac and pork tacos, brisket covered tots, and freshly made hamburgers that are never frozen. So just like Jennifer Lopez, Victory Field is a place that gets finer with age. <laughs> well, uh, Jennifer Lopez aside, Dave. Yes, please. You won, you won the big trip this past two weeks, past three weeks, actually. So uh, I think you were able to squeeze in a game or two. On your trip, where, where you're uh, easy for me to say. Just, just go, Dave, please. <laughs> just, just a couple, just a couple games. I only had, I only had a couple. It was, was not overly eventful. I had uh, two, four, six, eight, ga- eight games. Only eight games. So, uh, it started off with uh, the stadium journey must when heading to the sunny south. Got to hit. SunTrust Park, home of the brand new home of the Atlanta Braves, 
Uh, I'm going to hold off on saying too much about the major leaguers because we're going to do a whole lot of that a little bit later. But would like to say thanks to uh, best friend of the show who's listening right now, Lloyd Brown, uh, for his hospitality and uh, showed my family and I around uh, around the park and uh, had a great time. Uh, the next night we entered Florida and got to do Orlando City Stadium, home of the uh, Orlando City SC of Major League Soccer, and this is a this is not a bad spot at all. A couple of things that are unique: they have the rainbow seats, which you may have heard about uh, for the shooting that was at the club a few years ago. So they have, uh, I think it's eleven seats. Does that sound like the right yeah. number? Yes. Um, that I are think in, there was one seat for every victim, was there? One, not? Yeah, one seat for every victim. You're talking and, about polls, and, right? Uh, they're, Different colors than all the all the rest of the seats are purple, so that's kind of neat. Um, but the sight lines at this place are fantastic; they're the best I've seen for Major League Soccer. Uh, we sat at the end, um, opposite the supporter section, which, when you're 44 and not drunk, is probably a good spot to be. <laughs> and when you have your kids with you, yeah. And and I had I, not only I had my kid, I had my uh, my brother-in-law, my nephew. My nephew's even younger than my son, so. Yeah, it was a good spot to be. Um, you're hanging right over the action. It was it was pretty awesome. Well, only two things I didn't really care for. Uh, one, they had the video board only on one side, so and it happened to be on the side that I was sitting on, so it was difficult to see. Uh, and secondly, the neighborhood isn't the greatest. Um, you know, we we always think Orlando equals Disney, and of course that's not exactly true. Uh, and I, it looks like they're working on it. Um, but there was still, there's still some stuff that needs to be taken care of in that neighborhood. I think actually there's one other thing I, I didn't like, uh, mobile tickets. Oh, awful. And with Orlando, you actually have to download their app to get the tickets. And, uh, I did not like their app and I, I reveled in my Sunday, um, my Sunday ritual of deleting the Orlando city app. Uh, so then we did the big Disney thing. Um, and then the Friday we went to Tropicana field, saw the Tampa Bay Rays, and then we hit the road and it was out of Florida and on to, uh, on to other places, uh, Southern league baseball for the most part, which I had never done. So we stopped at MGM park in Biloxi, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, home of the Biloxi shuckers, which is a, a pretty neat name. And, and I will give them credit. Um, I like the name in that it is very localized. It has a lot to do with, with what's going on in Biloxi. They have a, a huge uh, seafood industry there, and, um, and oysters are a big part of that. Uh, MGM Park is, is, is a nice spot. Uh, wow, is it hot down there. Holy. Uh, actually, most of our games were hot. So uh, this game was probably the earliest, so we were really feeling the heat, but I, I lucked out and got seats that were in the shade. Uh, you can look out. It's in a great location. It's our, our hotel was right across the street. Uh, the beach is like a block down the street. So we went to the beach in the morning. Uh, the casinos are across the street. Uh, so we actually went to, um, the MGM casino across the street from the ballpark and did the big buffet and the air show was in town that day too. So we got to see the blue angels, which was, which was fun. From Biloxi, we went to uh, the Big Easy and uh, to New Orleans to the Shine on Airline, 
which is actually in, uh, ooh, it's not actually in New Orleans. It's in Matraire, I think is how you say it, uh, which is near the airport. It's home of the AAA uh, New Orleans Baby Cakes. And I'm not going to say too much about that because we're going to talk about that spot in an upcoming episode, probably a little bit more at length. From there, it was back to Mississippi, to Pearl, Mississippi, which is just outside of Jackson, uh, to the Mississippi Braves and Trustmark Park. Uh, and again, another double-A park. And it was it was decent, uh, nothing overly spectacular, but nothing really wrong with it either. So from there, though, it really ramped up because we went to Regents Field, which Mark talked about a few uh, episodes ago, uh, home of the Birmingham Barons. And... Uh, wow, it's a great spot, um, great location, friendly people, uh, decent food. Uh, and one thing that surprised me about this, the names of, of guys that had played there. Uh, you got Satchel Page, you got Willie Mays, you got Reggie Jackson, uh, you got Bo Jackson, and then, of course, you've got his Aaroness himself, Michael Jordan. All, all have pictures all over the place. And then the last spot. As we headed north, was uh, we, we took a drop down to single A ball and we hit the Lexington Legends, which is the the highlight of the trip I think for my son because um, his friend's dad is Scott Thorman, who's the manager there, and Scott and his wife Kelly Thorman were were gracious hosts. They got us in and uh, the kids got to run all over the park. Uh, it actually, it kind of reminded me of Paul, what you were saying about your kids in McCoy stadium, that my kids had the run of the place and, uh, we got to watch the fireworks from the field and Jackson got to shoot Nerf guns in the clubhouse and, and he just had the best time. And, um, and, uh, actually we had a, we had a great time at Lexington also. So, uh, pretty decent following for a single A team. Uh, and a decent park for a single A park, I thought too. So it, I mean, to me, compared to the double A parks that I was at, it would easily fit into a double A situation, no problem. So that was the lightning version of my uh, big family vacation this year. And the kids and the wife were fine with being dragged to all these games and everything. Uh, yeah, for the most part, you know the uh, the soccer game. They didn't, they didn't all go to, but mostly we were doing uh, a drive during the day and then the game at night. So once we left New Orleans, it was, it was drive and then baseball and then drive and then baseball and then drive. So um, it, we didn't do a ton of stuff in, in Birmingham or, or Pearl once we left, once we left the Big Easy. Yeah, there's not too much to do in uh, Pearl, I would, I would assume. Mississippi, or is there? Is that, how far oh, is that from Jackson? It's really close to Jackson. It's a so, suburb of Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, there's, yeah. there's, you know, if we were there longer, I probably would have made an effort to go to like some of the civil rights spots there. I, I, there's a, uh, we actually met, <laughs> funny enough, in a McDonald's in in New Orleans. We met um, a lady and her basketball team, and she coaches um, in Jackson and was talking about the civil rights museum that they had just opened there and, and how fantastic it was. So, uh, had we had more time, I would have been interested in, in seeing that, but, uh, you know, you do so much touring too. And then it's just, you know, okay, I want to, I want to sleep as much as I can. Then I want to drive, kick back in the hotel for a bit, go to the game, do it all over again. 
And that's the same thing with me when I tour different ballparks and I, I'm on a schedule. You're right. You can't see everything because you have to be in Montgomery the next night or you have to be in Augusta the next day. And there's a one o'clock game. You can't be late. So that's, uh, that's one of the, um, not so, you know, fabulous parts of being a, a ballpark traveler per se, but you know. So, all right. So thanks for the tips, gentlemen, because in about two weeks, I will be doing a similar trip to what you just were describing, Dave. I'm, I'll get into that later, but hitting a lot of the same cities and a lot of the cities, Mark, that you hit earlier on this summer. It's kind of Southern funny that tour. we all, we all yeah. did that. Um, for, me, for me, in the last couple of weeks, I went down to Wilmington, Delaware and had a surprisingly great time at Frawley Stadium, home of the Blue Rocks. Uh, the, the big attraction, the ballpark really isn't anything that stands out it's a nice ballpark it's got all the things you need it's got some good local food the attraction in wilmington is mr celery and i happen to be there on mr celery night now for those of you who don't know mr celery is one of their mascots and he comes running out on the field and does a little dance and high fives fans whenever the blue rocks score and the game that i went to the blue rocks happened to win 17 to 1 so mr celery was kind of busy that night and at the highlight of Wilmington for me, though, was after the game, right across the street from the ballpark are a bunch of restaurants, and my wife and I ended up at Iron Hill Brewery, right across the street. It's right on the waterfront, had some fantastic food, some good beer, and my wife had what was the best root beer I've ever tasted. So if you're ever in Wilmington, check out Iron Hill Brewery. You'll be glad you did. And then from Wilmington, we went on to Reading, Pennsylvania. Mark, one of your favorite ballparks, and I got to say, you did not sell the place short. It was oh, really a unique and fantastic experience. It kind of blends the old school park because the park was built in the fifties with, uh, you know, like a carnival atmosphere. It's got it's got a midway. There's no no better way to put it. It's got yeah, a it's, it yeah, like, it feels like you're, it feels like you're at the state fair. I mean, there's yeah, funnel cakes and games and. One thing that I will say is Reading, uh, you know how all the minor league teams are doing rebranding as food items. Reading rebranded themselves as the Whoopie Pies. So, of course, one of the stands was selling authentic Reading Whoopie Pies. But, you know what? They have better Whoopie Pies in Maine. That's right. I said it. <laughs> yeah, and the gift shop, when I was there, it was uh, 20% off up until the end of the fourth inning. I mean, you just don't see things like that at other ballparks. And I wish I would have remembered that because we went in and did our shopping, and uh, it was uh, the crazy hot dog vendor, the guy who walks rides around on an ostrich. It was mm -hmm. his birthday, so he was in there taking pictures, and so we bought all our souvenirs and stuff. The game started, they announced, 20% off everything. We just oh, looked goodness. at each other and said, damn it. Yeah. yeah, I think all the rules are thrown out the door in Reading. Um, you know, one thing I like, is the collage of historic photos they have underneath the grandstand. It is yeah. so well done. It is almost like a museum when you walk around and then you can get hot dogs for two fifty, funnel cakes for three. They have some really good price points as well. Uh, just, just, you know, if I had to rank my favorite ballparks, it's definitely up there, maybe one, two, three somewhere. I got to figure it out. Yeah, definitely up there for me as well. I mean, and they've got plenty of stuff for the kids to do. There's mascots roaming around. There's games. Five on Midway, there's a yeah. swimming pool. I mean, there's great food. There's little, they've got something for everything there. And, and it's like a historic-looking ballpark, which has been updated to make it 
modern and a little more comfortable. So Reading was fantastic. And then I did a couple of uh, ballpark trips, local ones up here. I went to another one that you highly regarded, Mark Cardine's Field in Newport, which is an old wooden ballpark. Been around since the 1920s. And uh, if you like interesting ballparks, this is the place for you. The game I was at was actually, if you're not familiar with Cardine's, the outfield fence kind of juts in and out and around trees. And there's cutouts where tree branches stick through. And one of the ground rules at Cardine's is that if you hit a ball and it hits that tree that sticks through the fence, it's a home run. And that happened. <laughs> yeah. And that happened. The, the outfielder had settled under the ball. He was ready to catch it. And it hit the branch. So even though he was all set to catch it, and it was about a 250-foot fly ball, home run. I know. That that ballpark is just w- literally steps away from the main the main street right. that brings and, yeah, all the tourists in. Yep. To you're right, you're right on America's Cup Avenue, right on the brick market. Uh, after the game, you can enjoy Newport, which is a great city. It's a place when, when I was in high school. That's where we'd always go on the weekends. Yeah, yeah I think there's yachts bigger than that ballpark. <laughs> Probably. In, in the town. It's it's something else. Yeah. It's, and uh, let's see. Well, and I took a trip up to Lalasher Field to go see Stanley from the office. Leslie Leslie David Baker was making an appearance, so I went up and said hi to him. Took Took a picture with him, and my wife commented that, yeah, you guys, maybe you are cousins. We have the same last name, so, so that was really yeah, nice. Guys yeah. totally look alike too. Yeah, does he tour ballparks, or is there a connection with? Lowell? I asked him if he was a sports fan. He was doing a tour. He said no, just uh, yeah. I like he's a Sox fan. He said he's a Sox, White Sox fan, but I don't know. Maybe they threw a little bit of money at him. So I mean, he, was there a large large group of people waiting at his autograph, or was it? Uh, well, I got there about a half an hour before the first pitch because I went after work, um, and I was tenth in line, but. There was a line throughout the whole game. So okay. Just, okay. Hey, that's, that's pretty impressive. I played, and they're having squints there. I know squints from the Sandlot. Oh, the Sandlot. He's doing that's a summer baseball tour and he's hitting. Man, those guys, those guys, they're, they're going to live off that royalty money off of, uh, the Sandlot or all those promotional monies. God bless them. Hey, there was a great story I heard, I heard on the internet where, uh, the guy who played Porter, the catcher, and the guy who played Smalls were walking down the street in New York City. Walked up to this guy who was wearing a shirt with Porter's picture on it that said, you're killing me, small. Yeah. And they went up to him and said, hey, nice shirt. The guy had no idea who they were. So they took a picture with him and everything, put it on Instagram or whatever. Wow. The guy had no clue who he was with, the two guys on his shirt. Who, who thought that would become a fashion statement for today's youth? Like you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, it's it's. I see that. I you know when I'm at school, I see that shirt all the time. But I don't think the kids say, hey, I love this movie. That's why I have it. I think they have it because it's a fashion statement. Like, you know, wearing Shea on your shirt at one time was a fashion statement. You knew nothing about the guy, <laughs> about who he killed and what he what he tried to do. So, yeah, the Sandlot, twenty five years and uh, still a classic to some of us. Uh, I know that came out when I was working at a children's hospital, and we just wore the heck out of that tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it probably without without exaggeration at least a hundred times. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. And the one other trip I did in the last couple of weeks was Pawtucket, McCoy Stadium. We won't go into any detail about McCoy except to say that the watch is on here in Pawtucket. Are the, is the team going to stay in Rhode Island or are they moving to Worcester, Massachusetts? It's really a toss-up right now. If you would ask me a couple of weeks ago, I would have said they're definitely going to Worcester. Worcester put a better deal on the table. But Pawtucket has done some backdoor political dealings. And right now, the latest word on the street is it's a 50-50 chance that they stay or they go. So 
Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. We'll let you know as soon as we find out. So let's move on to our topic. That was a lot of traveling. I don't think we can wait three weeks again to do a show. We just did too damn much. <laughs> damn uh, so, so our topic tonight is the ballparks of the major leagues. So the way we're going to structure our discussion here, we're going to first talk about the American League. I've got the ballpark ranked according to the Stadium Journey Fanfare score. If two ballparks are tied, we're using the crowd rankings as the tiebreaker. So for those of you who are fans of the show, fans of the website, when you go to a ballpark, go to stadiumjourney.com, put your own rankings in. They do matter because we we put out at the end of the year, we put out our big best 100 uh, facilities list. We do rankings throughout the year, and your scores do count. Get out there and vote. Rock the vote, damn it. So let's start with the American League coming in. At number 15 is the Oakland Coliseum, home of the Oakland A's. I can see that. That's the bottom <laughs> of my list. I can see that. Uh, yeah, it's just an, it's a dinosaur. It's the last of the multi-purpose stadiums still housing both football and baseball. Mount Davis made it even more, 10 times worse. Maybe it would be number 14 on the list without Mount Davis. It's uh, it's a spectacle, you know. I would just tell people to go see it before they knock it down, just to say, "Wow, this was a place to see baseball." But yeah, definitely well deserving at fifteen. Totally, totally oversized too. Uh, oh, so yeah. for me, it's it's thirteen, but that's I, I'm missing two from the American League, so it's the bottom of my list. Uh, totally oversized, uh, lots of spots tarped. The one thing that I think it has going for it is something that I mean, you don't even have to go and see. It's the it's I'm thinking here it it's probably the one that's named after a player now because it's now it's Ricky Henderson Field, oh, yeah. which is a little bit different. Although Ricky Henderson um, is not my most favorite person in the world, so maybe <laughs> maybe not the best name, but uh, yeah. And we've talked before about the infrastructure in that place and and all of the problems they have with you know too many toilets flushing at once and offices flooding and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely the bottom of the list for me. Uh, just a little background between the four of us here, we have been to every all thirty major league ballparks, and for most of the ballparks, three or four of us, two, three or four of us have been to them. I know, Mark, you've been to twenty eight of the major league ballparks. Am I right? Yes, yes. Dave, you're at twenty seven. I'm at twenty seven, and I'm bringing up the rear at twenty. So we've no, got, we you're know not what we're bringing talking up about here. You're not bringing up the rear. Oh yeah, Dave's <laughs> been to two. <laughs> Do so, so so this is a subject i mean we've done arena football recently and auto racing where we didn't we couldn't say we knew a heck of a lot today we do all right so continuing on our rankings the first surprise maybe maybe not in the american league number 14 is yankee stadium not surprised rank too low rank too high just right guys what do you think? uh i i think it's a well i'm not a yankee fan if too bad that people cannot see my hat I'm wearing, but uh, it's it's a tourist attraction. It's a monument. It's uh, it's a museum. It's 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 just too big. Now the only thing I do like about it is that the Yankees honor their history like no other team that I've seen, and it looks like it doesn't. You know, we watch it on TV. It, it doesn't look too far removed from the original Yankee Stadium. So it doesn't feel like it's someplace completely new, but 
highly overpriced. The neighborhood stinks. Once everybody leaves the game, you don't want to be around there. And uh, I, I maybe not 14, but not not in the top 10 or top eight. Well, I have it. I have it. Bang on. It's uh, it's number 12 for me. 12 mm-hmm. of 13. Uh, and I'm going to take exception with with the one thing that you said you liked about it, Mark, showing its history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's the first thing we think about? We think about Monument Park. Right. And we've all seen it on TV. But for those who haven't been there, they probably don't know that you better get if you want to go to Monument Park, you better get there when it opens and you better get in line because once the game starts, actually before the game starts, they close it. And uh, that really turned me off. That was probably the biggest turnoff of new Yankee Stadium that I had. Uh, You're absolutely right. Way overpriced. Uh, the the neighborhood is is not good. You t- we'll talk about beautiful views. The view from Yankee Stadium is not beautiful. It's I mean it's the Bronx. It's apartment buildings essentially. Um, Some of them knocked down and burnt out. If if the Yankees didn't have the history that they do, if they didn't have Ruth and Garrick and Mantle and eighteen billion <laughs> championships, this place would not be reveled in at all. Wow. Well, I, I don't think it is reveled in. I think the old one may have been. But you guys hit all the points I was going to make right on the head. It's it's uh, cold. It's concrete. It's drab. And if you go, like we went on an April night when it was about 35 degrees one time, It the place, it just feels like you're in a, uh, a mausoleum, you know. Um, it's yeah. overpriced. Yeah. The neighborhood stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot of good things to say about it. Like Like you guys said, the history. Is all around you. They beat you over the head with it. So uh, I didn't have it ranked quite as bad as you guys. Out of the ten American League parks I've been to, I had it ranked eighth. Okay. But yeah, down near the bottom. Okay, so we'll move on to number thirteen, which is Tropicana Park in Tampa Bay. I think I wrote that. I think I, I am doing the the stadium <laughs> journey rankings here because I have that at number eleven. Of 13. So, uh, I actually, I don't mind Tropicana Field. I know it gets a hugely bad rap. Uh, I think it's underrated. Um, the, uh, I like the tank ray. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, the concessions there are pretty, are pretty decent. Uh, two things that it doesn't, well, three things it doesn't have going for it. Number one, the location, and it is hard to get to. I was just there. Getting to St. Petersburg during rush hour is not fun at all. So that's a problem. The catwalks uh, that are in play and they got funky rules when the ball hits one of the catwalks, that's not fun. And of course, probably the biggest thing it doesn't have going for it is the lack of people in the stands. So mm-hmm. when we were we were just there and they were playing the Marlins, this is in-state rival. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure there are two worse uh, – drawing teams in in all of major league baseball than the marlins and the and the rays um yeah good seats still available there are there were plenty of plenty of seats available but you know what the tilted roof was is neat it's different uh for those people who are from the north who are like oh well in florida they should not have a dome they've never been to florida in the summer to see a baseball game because air conditioning is awesome yeah and and I know what you mean about having a dome. I my first time going to the game, going to the stadium. 
I drove through a severe thunderstorm. So it wasn't hot. It rained like you wouldn't believe. And I'm driving over the bridge to get over there. I can't even see in front of me. But I knew that the baseball game would be played because it had a dome on it. So that was the one saving grace. Uh, to me, I, I didn't hate it. But, you know, I, I get it. It's it's drab. It's gray. They've made some changes to it that it's it's a it's a stadium that has not aged well. It was built in 1990, eight years before the Rays came into town and was used as the home of the Lightning and Arena Football for for some time before their arena was their their new arena was built. It's uh, you know it. I think they championed that as it had the same dimensions at Ebbets Field at one point, if I read that right, but. It's it's no Ebbets Field. I mean, it's uh, yeah. It's I I don't know what's going to happen with the future of Tampa Bay baseball, but it's uh, it's it's a ballpark that has uh, well passed its prime, and you know, hopefully, it can get something done there, and you know, maybe attract more people out. But yeah, I had it at uh, I think I had it fifteen on my list. All right, coming in at number twelve on Stadium Journey's rankings of the American League is Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California. Now, this is where we start to differ because I have Angel Stadium ranked number six. Um, wow. And I, I enjoyed – there are some things that are unique about Angel Stadium. Uh, of course, the Big A, which has been around forever um, since it was originally built. And I think they had to move it at one point. Uh, the, the Big Hats are, are, are something. Um, I actually, when we got – when we went to Angel Stadium uh, – my wife and I got separated, and uh, one had one kid and one had the other kid, <laughs> and it came down to meet at the big hats. So, uh, you know, that was that was a um, that was a little bit of a help. Uh, neighborhood isn't awful. It's you know, it's Orange County. It's near Disneyland at uh, Honda Honda Center, where the Ducks play is across the road. Uh, and I really like the rock pile. Um, it was to me, it was kind of the first spot that was unique for that batter's eye area where. You know, other places had just sort of done the black tarp. So, uh, yeah, I had Angel Stadium number six. Yeah, and, you know, I was there before the rock pile when it was a multi-purpose stadium, and, and I was there when they added the rock pile. Uh, it's – you could you can tell that it's it's an older facility in some areas, but it's uh, – you know, when you compare to the other American League ballparks, it sort of falls uh, falls down the list, and – I had this at 12, so it's it's not one of my favorites, but it's not a stadium that I despise. It's just when you compare it to the other American League ballparks, it it, it doesn't rank up as high. Now, have you done all? Have you done all the American leagues, Mark? Yeah, I guess I have. Okay, yeah, so I have. Yeah, 12 or 15, then. Yeah. Yeah, 12 or 15. So, yeah. And, and we're not trying to trash on any ballpark. I mean, even the last place ballpark. On here is still, you know, a good place to go. I still would rather spend a night at, ball, at a ballpark than most other places. Uh, and Angel Stadium is one of the older ones. I don't know if people realize. I think it's the fifth oldest ballpark still in use in the majors. So it's got that going for it. Mm-hmm. So coming coming in at number 11 is Dave's home, Rogers Center, Toronto Blue Jays. I'm still calling it the Sky Dome. <laughs> Yeah, they should have called it the Roger Sky Dome. I have it at number nine, so not too far off. Uh, it's it's due for a reno, you know, for sure. 
there's lots of exposed concrete, but one of the things that I like, and it's not something you're ever going to see when you go there, is how innovative it was. It was the first place to have the retractable roof. Uh, it was really the first place to have the big restaurants uh, in the ballpark incorporated. Uh, they took luxury boxes to a whole new level in Toronto. And places like Baltimore, which get uh, a very positive review for being innovative and, and changing the way ballparks uh, were done, helped. Uh, they took some stuff, you know, they took the, the restaurant idea. Um, and Mark, you were saying that it, it was probably one of the first ones to have that downtown location. Yeah. My mom and said you, that. <laughs> you can't, you can't beat the location of the Rogers center. No, no. Yeah. You know, no, I, I agree with you there. When I, I was there in 1989 during its first season, I thought it was magnificent. Uh, the, the roof opening, Looking up at the sky, it was the ballpark of the future, and and it was right when the white, the not the White Sox, the Blue Jays were you know chasing an Eastern Division, and a couple years later a World Series title. So it was an exciting time to be at the game because you would have fifty thousand people you know cheering for the Jays. Uh, but it's it's aged a little bit, but it, it still serves its purpose. I, I can see it a little little renovation coming up soon. To, kind of uh, make it into a more ballpark-friendly place. Uh, one aspect I love are these uh, those hot dog carts outside of the stadium. Ha, yes, uh, for sure. Giant hot dogs. I forget what they're called, but they're grilled. They're sliced a little bit. Yeah. And and then you go over to the Steam Whistle Brewery and, and get a, a bottle or a can of Steam Whistle for $4 Canadian. You, you can't beat that in any downtown. Yeah. You Americans must love coming up, there, up here because, like, you get with your beer, you get more bang for your buck and less yeah. buck. Yeah, less buck. <laughs> Mill Street beers and yeah, yeah, some good times up there. Yeah, so Sky Dome, I had that at ten. Uh, it was kind of a tough decision because I do like the neighborhood and and I do have some good memories there uh, growing up. I've been there quite a few times. Jeez, it's tough for me going last here because you guys take all my good points. Well, we'll let you time. go first uh, next time. No, that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I, I am the host with the most. Uh, let's see. I have Roger Center ranked at seven out of the ten I've been to in the American League. Uh, you know, like like you said, downtown Toronto, great great place to be. Uh, I, I actually the one game I went to in Toronto, I got to see both ways. I saw the roof closed at the beginning of the game, and then they opened it up. Mm, nice. And yeah, so I got to say, so much better with the roof open. Well, we'll we will have to ask our our buddy, the other Lloyd what he thinks because uh, Lloyd Rothwell from Australia is coming up and he's going to do the, uh, the, the sky dome experience next week. You mean where you go up to the CNN tower and hang over the side of it? <laughs> no, we're going to a game. He's oh, going no. to a game. <laughs> no, I, right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know who, uh, who would do the, the, uh, what you're talking about, the, um, the edge walk on the yeah. CNN tower where you can, Hang off on like a harness outside it. Uh, yeah. I messed my pants just watching people do yeah, that. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> All right, coming coming in at number ten, maybe our first surprise in the rankings. Safeco Field, Seattle Mariners. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I had Safeco four, number four, but uh, it, it's yeah. Some people love this place. Other people, eh, nothing special. But the food. Uh, and uh, just being in Seattle, 
uh, gives it a, a special uh, feel, and it's a heck of a lot better than seeing games at the Kingdom. Yeah, I will say that the crowd score for for this review is much higher than the official review. So this just might have been a case of yeah. someone being a top grader. So yeah. yeah, I have I have Safeco at number three, uh, soon to be called something else because Safeco is is finished after this year. That oh, wow. name. Uh, good concessions, uh, good fan base actually. Um, unless they're playing the Jays, then. That that's probably one of the best places to, uh, if you're a Jays fan to see them on the road because oh. the caravan will come down from Vancouver and uh, take over. Really? Yeah. I never thought about that. Wow. That's and something. and uh, different. They have a different roof than than kind of the the Rogers Center or Miller Park in that it's not really a roof. It's more like a canopy. Yes. So you yeah. still feel like you're outdoors even if you're indoors. And of course, with Seattle weather. Uh, it's a necessity. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah, just yeah, that's kind of that, that must have been that must have been a, a late season game. The maybe the team was out of the playoff hunt. I have to go back and look at that. Somebody who, hadn't had their coffee, maybe. Who wrote that review? Uh, I'm not sure. Aaron S. Terry. Did, did he write that? <laughs> who, who are who are our toughest graders of Stadium Journey? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, we go from a, an underrated ballpark to, in my opinion, a fantastically overrated ballpark mm-hmm. on this list. At number nine is Guaranteed Rate Field, the Chicago White Sox. My least favorite American League ballpark. Did you say overrated or underrated? Over. Over. I think it should be much lower. In fact, on my list, it's last. Well, I, I don't think a lot of people like uh, Guaranteed Rate Field, which I refer to as Sox Park. Socks uh, Park? Socks Park, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you have the wrong socks on. <laughs> yeah, Socks Park. Ah, well. uh, I have guaranteed rate at number 10. Um, I And I think I've said this before. It's a spot that to me has shown improvement over the years. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, walking through the vast number of bronze statues in, the, in center field there, or just beyond center field. I guess they're not in center field. Um, uh, location's a little bit different, right? If you're, uh, it's it's good if you're in the car. If you're driving, it's it's a decent spot to go to. Or if Whereas, you take the subway, you know the north side. The L. You totally don't want to take a, take the car there, or you or absolutely public transit right there too. Yeah. Um, so I I actually enjoyed Chicago. I had it at at number ten. Yeah. I I can tell you that my my uh, view may be clouded because when we went there, we bought. Uh, what's the upper level? The 400s in Chicago, or the 300s? 500s. Whatever, whatever 500s. the well, anyway, whatever the upper levels are, we went up there, and they do not let you go on the lower levels of the ballpark if you have upper level seats. Yeah, that's uh, no, I agree. That's the one thing I hate about the ballpark, and you can BS with the the usher there to you could say, hey, I want to go to this specific store, like the Nike store or the. Um, there's a couple other places you can tell them, hey, I want to go to the Nike store to get this certain hat, and he'll let you go. He'll just say, oh, make sure you come back, and then you never come back. Uh, this season, based on Take attendance figures, yeah. <laughs> this year I'm hearing that a lot of people, they, they don't care. They let you go down there just based on attendance. But that should never be in play. I should be allowed to go to any part of that stadium, maybe not the suites, but the main concourse to see the statues to get some of the food there because they have excellent food. They have excellent craft beer. 
It it has become Chicago's largest outdoor bar on certain nights. And, you know, the place, yeah, the neighborhood is not the north side. It is a working class area. It is not as bad as what people say it is. Of course, if you cross the Dan Ryan, maybe that area is kind of shady. But, you know, it's not going to be the north side. The people live there. They don't want bars. They're not going to open up uh, places to hang out and, and party at. You know, th- th- those are people's homes. You're near Chinatown there. Uh, one thing I have to say about White Sox, uh, about Guaranteed Rate Field, is I-, I can't stand the name, but at least the money that is being paid by the company is going to make some renovations. They've added uh, quite a bit this offseason. They've added new food. They have a new executive chef. Uh, tickets are 7 bucks to start off with. Parking is $10 on Sunday. Some of the seats are $5 on Sunday. So it's a very affordable place to take the family. Uh, I go there quite a bit. I'm going to be up there on the 18th of this month. Uh, they have a pop-up food station there that I'm going to talk to somebody about. So, uh, you know, if the White Sox were more of a consistent winner, uh, you may have a different vibe. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a stadium that was the last stadium built before Camden. And it definitely shows in many areas. But, uh, God bless the Sox for making a ton, a ton of renovations in the past 25 odd years. I would say that one thing I like about it is the uh, the Sox fans have their own identity. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and I, I I like it. I like being able to walk around and see a uh, you know see a shirt that says you know Northside Sox or something. Oh yeah. Like that. So no, no, they they want a winner and. Hopefully they'll hopefully those that trade of Chris Sales last year will uh profit in a couple years. We'll just they're crossing their fingers up there. All right, coming in at number eight, uh, and not for much longer is Globe Life Park, home of the Texas Rangers. Mm. I had it. Yeah. That's I'll the one on. I haven't been to. One of the two. Yeah. I had it at God, I, I had it at eleven. It was it wasn't memorable. It you know, comparing it to Detroit and maybe Cleveland, it was like, okay, these, I don't know which one to pick because it's not like one of those stood out more than the other. Uh, yeah, Globe Life Park, uh, you know, 20, 1994 to 2018, and they're going to build Globe Life Field, I think is the new name of the ballpark uh, for next season. So, uh, yeah, we, we barely knew you. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the, yeah, it, it was a nice park. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. It's It's been a Quite some time since I've been there. I remember parking was fifteen dollars, and I thought that was outrageous. That was about fifteen years ago. So, uh, but a lot of people from Houston, like my cousin, enjoyed it because it was outdoor baseball. It was something that she had not been familiar with. So, I think it served its purpose. And uh, you know, they're they're gonna this new stadium should be. We'll, we'll see how this ranks. And well, I uh, had it ranked at nine out of ten. Yeah. Uh, like you said, really. Uh, I mean, it was a nice enough ballpark, but it was just so stinking hot. That's all I remember about the place was hot. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a nice enough park, and they, they tried to do some neat things, like the double-decker stands out in right field and stuff, but I, I just don't think it really worked. So, uh, Dallas in the summer, yeah, you need that indoor. You need that roof to protect you from the elements at certain times of the year. All right, so coming in at number seven, and I think this one is ranked a little too low, is Target Field, Minnesota Twins. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. I got Target Field, number two. 
Yeah, I have it too as well. When you when you rank in the American League ballparks, uh, I, I was I just, have it yeah. four. So I'm I have it four. Yeah, small small footprint, really really compact area. You know they they fit as uh, they fit as much in as they could. So your sight lines, you're really sitting on top of the action there for sure. Uh, like I like the location very much. Uh, a lot of the little things I liked about there, I liked how they have um, in the outfield they have flower boxes uh, all along the home run spot. You know, just just little touches. Uh, and yeah, I wow. Yeah, I got that one number two. Yeah, I yeah, really like Target Field as well, so I, I'm surprised it was that low. Yeah, that's interesting because I had I had the review last summer, and I think Sean McDonald had it this year, and maybe he went in April. Yeah, he went early. Yeah, different experience. Well, just like going to Dallas in July is yeah. a different experience. Uh, yeah, when I was there, what I liked about Target Field was uh, I, I love the 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 Mini and Paul old school logo in the in, in center field. I loved how the skyline was open to the ballpark. I loved the colors of the exterior. It was accessible by bike, car, foot, and, and train and light rail. Uh, they have a place called the, the Town Ball Tavern, which is a separate restaurant inside the facility where they make their own beer specifically for that place. The food selection is out of sight. Uh, some great regional food, exotic food, state fair food. A uh, lot of cool places to sit and eat uh, and with nice views of the ballpark. So uh, if you have a college ID on Wednesdays, I think it's only five bucks to get in. It, it, you know, 15, 17 for regular, regular Joe's out of college. Yeah, one of my favorite ballparks. Number two on my list of American League facilities. Decent job of showing, sorry, decent job of showing off their history too. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, the statues. statue, big, huge. Kirby Puckett, man. I mean, he's Doesn't a god down there. And it's a very attractive ballpark. I mean, every other ballpark seems to be made out of red brick, you know, with the green seats. The the white limestone. Yeah. It just uh, it just makes it stand out. It's really, yeah. really nice ballpark. Yeah, it, it's sta- yeah, that's exactly what it is. When you look at it, you're like, wow, that's something different. I hear you. All right, uh, coming in at number six, Minute Maid Park, Houston Astros. That's the other one in the. uh, (laughs) That's the one that only you have been to, Mark. Well, yeah, yeah, Minute Maid Park. uh, When you look at videos and pictures of Minute Maid, you you know you're in Houston. It's a very unique ballpark. It's almost like a little cigar box, uh, as I would say. Uh, You know, I remember going to games when they were not the world champions and. It was a, a rock, raucous good time. Uh, I remember when they were terrible, and you wouldn't have a lot of people there, but I can imagine what it's like uh, watching them win a World Series championship or, or play for one. Yeah, Houston, it's, you know, the Astrodome was a classic ballpark. Minute Maid has been a nice uh, nice addition to that, that ball club. I, I do miss the hill in center field. Uh, you know, it's a to hit a home run there for a lefter, left-handed is, is pretty simple, but it's uh, it has all these little tiny quirks to it that uh, really stand it out. When you're at the ballpark, you know you're in Houston, and it's kind of hard not to uh, not to get that mixed up with any other type of stadium. The neighborhood around it, I thought, could be a little bit better. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the city of Houston myself. I think it's just too big, but it definitely uh, one of my favorites. I think I had that. I had it at number eight. And, and that's only because, you know, 
I just thought there was some some better places ahead of it. But yeah. All right. Uh, coming in at number five, a surprise to me, a Comerica Park, Detroit Tigers. I have Comerica at number four. Uh, I really like Comerica, and I think probably in two years, three years, it'll be even better. And uh, one of the things that is great about Comerica is they have uh, they have tiger statues everywhere. They more than any park I've ever been to. They really uh, have taken to their team's identity. Um, I like the uh, I like the statues out in center field. Not a big fan of the Ty Cobb one, uh, but I digress. Uh, but there's a spot, and I've been there a number of times. The neighborhood's getting better, and I think oh, it's going to and I think it's going to continue to get better. When I first went there, uh, in the program, they had a a who's who of the buildings that you're looking at because you're looking out at downtown, and they were all talking about what those buildings used to be used for, and now they're empty. You know, this used to be an office building for doctors, and now it's empty. And I think it's changing uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That that area is changing. I remember going to Detroit years ago, and you wouldn't see anybody outside. Now you see tourists. Now you see people posing for pictures. Uh, you see a lot of life, and that that's due to Little Caesar Arena being built there, Ford Field, uh, and, and the Hockey Town experience. That's the bar they have down there. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So so a lot of ex- a lot of excitement there, and I, I like Tiger Stadium. I thought it had a lot of nice touches. They have a cigar bar. Uh, they also have uh, you know all those tiger statues that uh, you know why not you're the tigers I would expect that to be there so my listing had Detroit at number nine just you know it's been a while since I've been there and I need to go back but you're right Dave I think in a couple of years you'll you'll definitely see a, a different vibe you'll see people living around there and you'll think of Detroit as wow we've come a long way. Well, let's hope so, because that's sure the goal of, of the city leaders and uh, spearheaded by Mike Illich and his uh, downtown project. Uh, I had Comerica ranked at number seven out of the ten I've been to. Uh, just, I, I mean, in the middle of the pack here on both leagues for me, they're kind of interchangeable. It depends. If you ask me tomorrow, it might have gone up, slide up or down a couple notches. Uh, the only thing that really I remember about the, that ballpark is, are the Tiger statues. And it's it's got that goofy Ferris wheel, too, but... Just and and uh, you know what? I had that food court too. So all right, I'm taking everything back. But you know, just, uh, <laughs> you remember it. Yeah. Just uh, you know, okay for me. All right, coming in at number four is Fenway Park, Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I had it at three. Uh, one of the classics, one of uh, the oldest ballpark in uh, Major League Baseball, and it has one of the best neighborhoods. It has one of the most iconic features at a ballpark, the Green Monster. It's got the seats on top. It's got Penske pole. It, it, wow. I mean, I'll, I'll, Paul, I'll, I'll let you talk about it more. Jeez, what haven't I said about Fenway Park? <laughs> uh, it's kind of tough for me to put this in a ranking, this in Wrigley Field, because they're so unique among all the other ballparks just because of their history. I have it at number two in the American League. And uh, for me, Fenway Park, the Fenway Park today is nothing like the Fenway Park when I grew up. You know, I've lived in New England most of my life, and growing up as a kid in the 70s and then, you know, becoming of age in the 80s, you know, it was a different place. It was not modern. It was dark, and we wanted to get rid of it, believe it or not. Well, a lot of people wanted to get rid of it, not everybody. 
but we used to say things like, can you imagine, wouldn't it be cool to sit up on top of the green monster and watch a game? And now you can, you know, mm-hmm. and it, there's just so many neat things, so many historical touches. You could go to Fenway Park every day for a season and find something new to, to look at or do every game. It's just, it's really become one of the biggest tourist attractions in the city of Boston in its own right. Well, I think this is probably my stadium journey swan song because I think I'm going to get canned right here. Mm. I had Fenway Park number eight. You must uh, have only sat in the right field stand. Must be a Yankee I fan. No. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> uh, I just – I found it really overrated. I found it intimidating um, and much like – to me, much like the field, it is – Way too much effort when you're buying seats. Um, to me, there is not enough going on in the positive at Fenway Park to get past the, the very real possibility of sitting with a bad view. Uh, we sat, and, and uh, when I bought seats the one time I went to Fenway, I spent probably about eight hours total looking for where I wanted to buy seats. Wow, you're um, serious. Well, I, you're, I'm going there, and it's like supposed to be the highlight of my trip, and the last thing I want to do is sit behind a pole. So we were sitting kind of in uh, in right field. Um, if you follow the seats, you're looking into center field. Uh, I, I, You know what? I do appreciate so the history. So you picked the worst seats in the place. After all that effort, I wasn't buying a pull. Those are still um, the worst seats in the place. I, I appreciate the history. I appreciate. I appreciate the Green Monster. Uh, I liked how when they added uh, video boards, they still use that green to make, kind of make it look old. Um, but yeah, I, I found I found the the fans to be. Now this is when Boston was kind of in a downturn. Uh, the fans I found not overly engaged in what was going on. Um, just not, not the greatest experience and a lot of work. All, all valid points, Dave. Um, you, a lot of, I think you get more casual fans at Fenway than anywhere else because it's a place to be see and be seen more so than to be at just at a game. So you get the hardcore fans and then you get the people who aren't even fans. Um, a tip, if you ever need to buy tickets again, preciseseating.com. They have a seat-by-seat map of every seat in the ballpark that will show you how much of the field is obstructed, how far you are from the edge of the field, how far you are from home plate. It's a fantastic site. And even though I've been buying tickets for 40-something years to Fenway Park, I still check it out every time. Now, now what's the average price for a ticket now to a Red Sox game? Uh, Well, I'll get either outfield reserve or bleachers, so I'm spending 40 bucks a ticket tops. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I do have to say when I when I compare Wrigley and Fenway, Wrigley comes up on top. Oh, not even close. No, all the variables. Yeah, no, I hated Wrigley. Hated it. But that's a, that's a subject. Oh, you're being for, serious. I thought you were being sarcastic. Day. No, I, no, I was being <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Actually, you know what? And I got I got Wrigley ranked number two in the National League too. So who knows? Don't don't listen to me. Okay. Let's move on to number three in the American League, Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City. Hmm. Interesting choice. I had it at five. Uh, you know, Kaufman has always been regarded as a lot of people's favorite ballparks. Number one, it was built 
1973 as a baseball stadium, or 72 or 73. It was built as a baseball stadium, not as a multi-purpose stadium. So it had that going forward. And up until about 10 years ago, uh, you couldn't, they didn't have any outfield seats, but, uh, that, that renovation has really made that ballpark sparkle and shine. The waterfalls, the giant kid zone, great barbecue in the back. And of course, the, uh, Kansas City Hall of Fame, uh, that you can go and, uh, check out their, uh, well, you know, 50 years of our Royals baseball. Uh, and also, you know, my, my times I, I went there, the, the team was, you know, coming off a world championship. So, uh, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement from the fans. Uh, they actually had a comeback, comeback win against the Jays last year when I was there. They were down by two or three in the ninth. So, uh, definitely exciting time to watch a game with fans. Uh, huge parking lot right next to Arrowhead, right off the interstate. Uh, yeah, I guess a downtown ballpark would be nice, but that, that's a gorgeous place. You, you can't. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good spot on the ranking. Yeah, I got Kauffman Stadium, number one. That's my number one for the American yeah. League. Um, okay. I like I like that it was old and renovated. I like that it's baseball first. Uh, you know, at Stadium Journey, we talk access. Um, the access is great. It's It's easy to get to. It's easy to get out of. For some reason, I'm not sure why, uh, Love the Hall of Fame that they had there. Uh, we did the ballpark tour and uh, got to see Frank White on the ballpark tour, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and, of course, definitely the highlight is the fountains. City of Fountains. Well so represented. The backdrop, you know, Paul, you were talking about Buffalo with the backdrop of the on-ramp, and it's not too too far off in Kansas City. No, you don't have the have... fountains there. The fountains in that yeah. great crown-shaped scoreboard. Yeah, you don't you don't yeah. have to look past. You just stop. You just stop your your view at the fountains. Yeah, I, I love uh, Kaufman. Also, I've got it ranked number three in the American League. Um, it's an old ballpark, but again, it doesn't look old. It's the only drawback for me is the location. I'm not a fan of. Well, uh, a a stadium right off the highway is great for a football stadium. For baseball, I want to be downtown. But Kaufman, I didn't care that I wasn't downtown. It was easy, like you said, easy access. The prices were very good. The people were super friendly. They had some great food at the ballpark. And man, I just stood and let the fountains wash over me when I was there for my game. So really, really liked Kaufman. So number three is right where I had it ranked. So spot on. Good job, Stadium Journey. <laughs> it's about uh, time you got something right. So number two may be a surprise. If, if you guys are counting them down in your head, you know who we got left. So number two is Progressive Field, Cleveland Indians. Hmm. That's uh, I think it's a little high. Hmm. Nice ballpark, uh, but I think a little high. Nice ballpark hmm. uh, again. Uh, it, on the on the innovative side, right? It gets it's uh, in the older of uh, it, it's it's the old of the new, right? Yes, second it's after Canton. Sort of new group, but it's it's the older. And and one thing that jumps out at me about uh, I almost called it Jacobs Field there. Uh, progressive. Go for it. Call it Jacobs Field. <laughs> is that it is a spot, and it is probably the poster child for what a new ballpark can do to uh, a downtown area. And Cleveland, uh, you know, you still hear people complain about it. Uh, you still hear, you know, the mistake on the lake and all that jazz. But 
that downtown, the downtown area immediately around Progressive Field, like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff to see and do. Um, and I would say probably Cleveland, um, one of the things that jumped out were the ushers there. Uh, those, and a lot of places have this, and maybe it was just that when I was there, there was a rain delay, and you got to talk shop with, you know, some of those old codgers who had been ushers forever, and um, that's something that Rogers Center in Toronto definitely lacks. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit. I have it at number seven, um, but it was a tough seven, and I had a hard time putting it there. Yeah, I had it at seven, too, and I also had a tough time. Uh, nice, cozy, comfortable. Love the toothbrush-shaped lights. When uh, Cleveland is winning, that place becomes electric and alive. Uh, the area near the ballpark has a lot of uh, bars and restaurants. It has this great market on Saturdays. It has some of the best beef jerky I've ever had and, and some other delicacies. Uh yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it, like you said, it energized uh, the fans of the 1990s when Cleveland was winning divisions and playing in World Series. So it's uh, it's a ballpark that probably probably should be on on your list to check out. Uh, ticket prices are fairly cheap. They have a section behind the outfield where they honor their past greats, and it's open for all I know, all nine innings. So yeah, actually, that's that's a newer. Um, a newer addition and it is, it is quite excellent. And their history, although parts of it are, are pretty, pretty sparse. Um, when you get talking about, you know, Sat, uh, Satchel Page and you get talking about, uh, Larry Doby, there's some, there's some pretty strong history back there. Yeah. And they even, there's, there's a plaque for, uh, Ray Chapman who, uh, unfortunately was killed by a pitch in 1920. Uh, they had lost that plaque, but it's at the stadium now. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a great ballpark. If you're looking to have fun with your friends, if you're going to a baseball game for the first time, uh, Cleveland during the summer as a city, there is a lot to do, and and that's checking out a game at Progressive Field. Uh, yeah, Cleveland for me checks off all the boxes. It's got what you want. It's got the downtown location, the great neighborhood. I've got it ranked number five out of the ten I've been to. So solid. Very solid, and uh, I don't think I can add any more to the discussion than what you guys have said. So that leaves us with number one. And if you've been keeping track at home, <laughs> you know that Oriole Park at Camden Yards tops our list yeah. in the American League, Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. Can I just say that we have come full circle from me trashing the god-awful Baltimore Arena, which is probably <laughs> and the literally wor- full circle because they're only like two or three blocks away from each if other. If you spit, uh, is that irony? So that's the definition of irony. Yeah, if you spit, you can hit the wall at Camden Yard. No, um, we go All from that to that's pro- well, yeah, that the vice versa. I, mm-hmm. it's literally the best venue I have ever personally been in, and I haven't been in this as much many as you guys, but I've been in a good handful, and that is the best experience getting in going out being there walking around eating views i mean not much i'm not saying it's like the most gorgeous view ever but i'm just saying just it's just a great feeling being that ballpark i've never felt that way sitting at a venue i got uh i got oriole park at number five um oh you're fired (laughs) 
Wait, wait a second. I don't get canned for Fenway, but no, Division foes the hell with Fenway. Uh, you know what? It, it, of course, you got to give it props for for sort of kicking off the whole uh, style of stadium, uh, the warehouse, and and that sort of ballpark village ish kind of thing. You have the uh, you definitely have some innovation there. Uh, one thing that turns me off. Um, the most overrated group of fans in the league. Yeah. Uh, they like tenders. Their attendance isn't great, and unless New York or Boston is in town, yes. But then you're, we're not talking about Oriole fans, right? We're right. talking about Red Sox fans who invade. We're talking about Yankee fans who invade. And wherever I go, I really try to cheer for the home team. I just find it more enjoyable. And there's nothing that turns me off more than when the visitor fans outnumber the home fans. Mm. Unless you're one of the visiting fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's Boston. not normally me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or Oriole Park is the one that changed the game, like you were saying. Uh, and it's the one everybody's trying to copy nowadays. Uh, great views, great location, close to the Inner Harbor if you want a tourist trap, and even better, walk, keep on walking right past Inner Harbor and go to Little Italy. Some of the best Italian restaurants you're ever going to find right in like a five-block neighborhood. And if you want to go past that, you've got Fells Point or Federal Hill. There's just so many options right around the ballpark. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, there's, and I'm just going to add this. Uh, you had everything before Camden, and you have everything after Camden. Yep. They changed the game at college football venues. They changed the game at minor league ballparks. If you just look at that timeline, Everything built after it was built as, you know, the next Camden or the, the Camden Yards of minor league baseball or the Camden Yards of college football. It, it changed. It, it was, it broke the glass when it, it, it came up with ballparks. And, uh, that's why it's number one on my list, just because it was, uh, the trendsetter and, you know, still, still great neighborhood, still great food. If the Orioles were consistent winners, you'd probably. Maybe ranked a little bit higher uh, on other people's list, but well, it was number one on my list as well, Mark. So yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah, any higher. Where'd you have it, Mark? I had a one, and I thought about putting Minnesota one, but I just I gave a nod to Baltimore because they've they've been in the game a little bit longer, and I felt they deserved that top spot. All right. So that is Stadium Journey's rankings of the American League ballparks. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I think we just lost Paul there. After all that, we just lost After poor Paul. All that, we just lost Paul. So uh, I think what Paul was going to say is if you agree or if you disagree, then you want to get in on uh, the Stadium Journey website, pick a spot, and do your own crowd review. Uh, I know. I don't know if you do this, Mark. When I when I was away, I only I only actually officially reviewed one. But I did crowd reviews for every spot that I went to. So we need uh, we need the peeps out there, the uh, Stadium Journey Nation, to get out there and and add some more crowd scores. Yeah, and it's very easy to do. There's, you just plug on a couple stars or three stars for food, and you add a little blurb at the end, and then uh, you, you, you can put it up there. It doesn't cost you anything. It's free. And it's very quick. And uh, if you have some time to kill, you can do all the American League ballparks. And uh, hopefully your favorite ranks up higher than your least favorite. <laughs> well, for that being said, I guess you can follow Paul Baker at Puck Man RI. Mark, where can people follow yeah. you? 
Uh, uh, they can, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. You can follow me there. <laughs> you can follow me uh, at Trollfan9 on Twitter and Instagram. If follow me on Twitter at Dan 83 the HIC Talk Radio Network at HIC Talk Radio. And of course, Stadium Journey at Stadium Journey or just go to stadiumjourney.com. Of course, we are also sponsored by Sports Passport. I I don't have that whole rundown, so I just want to mention them again. Sports Passport. Look them up. Uh, for Paul Baker, who uh, we lost to time, uh, Marco Viquez and Dave Cotney, I'm Nick Calchico. We'll see you next. Well, we will see you next week. Have a good one. Across the desert, bear man. I breathe the mountain air man. I've traveled, I've had my share man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.